Chapter 11 of the flight of the shadow this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org The flight of the shadow by George MacDonald Chapter 11 the mole burrows I slept again after my dream and do not know whether he came into my room as he generally did when he had not said good night to me of course I woke unhappy and the morning world had lost something of its natural glow its lovely freshness It was not this time a thing newborn of the creating word I dawdled with my dressing the face kept coming and brought me no peace yet brought me something for which it seemed worth while even to lose my peace But I did not know then and do not yet know what the loss of peace actually means I only know that it must be something far more terrible than anything I have ever known I Remained so far true to my uncle however that not even for what the face seemed to promise me Would I have consented to cause him trouble for what I saw in the face? I would do anything I thought except that I went to him at the usual hour determined that nothing should distract me from my work that he should perceive no difference in me I was not at the moment awake to the fact that here again were love and deception hand in hand But another love than mine was there my uncle loved me immeasurably more than I yet loved that heavenly vision True love is keen-sighted as the eagle and my uncle's love was Love true and therefore he saw what I sought to hide it is only the shadow of love Generally a grotesque ugly thing like so many other shadows that is blind either to the troubles or the faults of the shadow It seems to love The moment our eyes met I saw that he saw something in mine that was not there when last we parted But he said nothing and we sat down to our lessons Every now and then as they proceeded however I felt rather than saw his eyes rest on me for a moment questioning I had never known them to rest on me so before Plainly he was aware of some change and could there be anything different in the relation of two who so long had loved each other Without something being less well and good than before Nor was it indeed wonderful he should see a difference for with all the might of my resolve to do even better than usual I would now and then find myself unconscious of what either of us had last been saying the face had come yet again and driven everything from its presence I grew angry not with the youth but with his face for appearing so often when I did not invite it Once I caught myself on the verge of crying out can't you wait I will come presently and my uncle looked up as if I had spoken Perhaps he had as good as heard the words he possessed what almost seemed a supernatural faculty of divining the thought of another not I was sure by any effort to perceive it, but by involuntary intuition He uttered no inquiring word, but a light sigh escaped him which all but made me burst into tears I was on one side of a widening gulf and he on the other our lessons ended He rose immediately and left the room Five minutes passed and then came the clatter of his horse's feet on the stones of the yard a moment more and I heard him ride away at a quick trot I burst into tears where I still sat beside my uncle's empty chair I was weary 
like one in a dream searching in vain for a spot whereupon to set down her heart-breaking burden there was no one but my uncle to whom i could tell any trouble and the trouble i could not have told him had hitherto been unimaginable from this my reader may judge what a trouble it was that i could not tell him my trouble i was a traitor to my only friend had i begun to love him less had i begun to turn away from him i dared not believe it that would have been to give eternity to my misery but it might be that at heart i was a bad treacherous girl i had again a secret from him i was not with him i went into the garden the day was sultry and oppressive coolness of comfort was nowhere i sought the shadow of the live yew walls there was shelter in the shadow but it oppressed the lungs while it comforted the eyes not a breath of wind breathed the atmosphere seemed to have lost its life-giving i went out into the wilderness there the air was filled and heaped with the odors of the heavenly plants that crowded its humble floor but they gave me no welcome between two bushes that flamed out roses i lay down and the heather and the rose trees closed above me my mind was in such a confusion of pain and pleasure not without a hope of deliverance somewhere in its clouded sky that i could think no more and fell asleep i imagine that had i never again seen the young man i should not have suffered i think that by slow natural degrees his phantasmal presence would have ceased to haunt me and gradually i should have returned to my former condition i do not mean i should have forgotten him but neither should i have been troubled when i thought of him i know i should never have regretted having seen him in that i had nothing to blame myself for and should have felt not that a glory had passed away from the earth but that i had had a vision of bliss what it was i should not have had the power to recall but it would have left me with the faith that i had beheld something too ethereal for my memory to store i should have consoled myself both with a dream and with a conviction that i should not dream it again the peaceful sense of recovered nearness to my uncle would have been far more precious than the dream a sudden fire of transfiguration that had for a moment flamed out of the all and straightway withdrawn would have become a memory only but none the less would that enlargement of the child way of seeing things have remained with me i do not think that would ever have left me it is the care of the prudent wise that bleaches the grass and is as the fumes of sulphur to the red rose of life outwearied with inward conflict I slept a dreamless sleep. End of chapter 11